Hello and welcome to LedgerCast. I'm Brian Krogsgaard here with Carpe Noctum, a.k.a. Ledger Status. I'm Ledger Status. You're Josh Olsewich. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's Friday. We're here. <laughs> Thanks for being with us. And uh, let me let you know that this episode is brought to you by Token Sets. Go to LedgerStatus.com slash sets. It's asset management for a DeFi world. You can bring your crypto strategies to life on the Ethereum blockchain and Polygon now with SETS leading portfolio management tools, whether it is the DeFi Pulse Index or my own Tulip or the BED, which is a new one from the Bankless crew and some index co-op folks. That's Bitcoin, Ethereum, and DeFi equal weight, which is a pretty cool one. You can do it with token SETS, lettersass.com slash SETS. Check it out. See if one of those strategies works for you. And thanks to SETS for being our partners. Joshua, how you doing? Good. You know, I think the worst thing you could do these days is stake anything because if you're smart about even DeFi plays, you can get insane yields right now on so many things. Wait, you said the worst thing you can do is stake anything. Yeah. You mean imagine staking stake. imagine staking ETH in the face of NFTs, in the face of everything that's going on right now. Um, it just seems like a such a silly play. Right? Like, yeah, it's like cold storage for ETH in this case, but well, you can do all of the above on some places. Like you can, sure, sure. Um, I'm going to find it. I just mean in general. I, t- I talk about this a lot in my videos from Raven Coin, but when you're a proof of stake chain or have staking stuff, you're competing directly or indirectly with all of DeFi, all of the yield stuff, Yearn, Aave, Comp, Maker, right? Yeah. The yield, the yield on Tether today on... Ave hit over fifty percent because they ran out of Aave, they ran out of tether to lend, you know. So, if you want to risk into tether, right, whatever, but um, stuff like that. Anyway, uh, well, you can use something like convex finance, and you can Ponzi your staking. So you can stake your ETH for staked ETH on. Lido, and then you can take it from there and deposit it in uh, like a combination of Curve and Convex, which is on top of Curve, and then essentially double up your your rewards. And I think the effective APY is actually quite good. My friend is doing it right now, and he told me. But that's what's going to happen is people are going to make their yield liquid right? Like their staked ETH will be liquid ETH and then it can be used in the same way as ETH on all those other platforms. So I don't think it's so bad. No, well, it's it's fine for the ETH stuff. I'm just saying like mainly non-ETH people. Like any non-ETH chain that can't be liquid while you're staking, it's just like, why? The chain is, it's dead. It's There's no argument to be made, you know? Yeah. Okay, so he said... Staked ETH itself yields 5.5%, but if you deposit it into Curve for Curve staked ETH and then stake Curve staked ETH on Harvest or Yearn or, I guess, Convex, you end up with maybe like 8 or 9% of additional reward. So you end up maybe 12 or 13% for Ethereum exposure, which is pretty good. So anyway, I'm just thinking about thinking about all. Okay, so we've been here. You've, maybe you've been here since 2013. People in the chat, maybe you've been here earlier. Think about all the things that happened, all the cycles with altcoins, the craziness with Doge, the stuff that's happening with NFTs right now, and it's just like all of that 
can't happen anymore the same way it did previously, most likely. You know, this stuff like Solana, you, you, I see a ton of stuff about Solana and, and various altcoins, but ETH just has such a big moat. It has such a big first mover advantage. It's like, why would I bother playing around in anywhere else right now, right? Like, I might even hate ETH like I do, but um, it's just too easy. <laughs> it's just too easy to make money on ETH, right? Like, well, who cares about Solana or, or Polkadot or all, any of this other crap, right? Um, it's just crazy to me. Yeah, that any of this other stuff is going to like see the light of day. ADA, even I saw some especially junk about because, ADA. Well, especially because ETH side chains and layer two are also cross compatible. That people are just going to live on different layers of Ethereum. They don't need to live on these other layer ones really, for the most part. Some will have a claim, but we'll, it'll be the proof will be in the pudding of how they're used over time. Uh, but nevertheless, um, yes, I, I agree. Just, I agree with you. Uh, like staking Tezos, I would not do. Right, <laughs> I don't see the use case for Tezos, even though they're working hard to try to force one. And the market is mostly, um, you know, agreeing. Like, you could look at the USD pair of Tezos and be like, "Oh yeah, this is doing fine," but you look at it relative to Bitcoin, it's garbage. And I bet you, if I do XTZ over ETH. Um, let's see, you know, Kraken has that pair. Mm-hmm. It's Maybe just been it. it's just been getting obliterated. I saw a um, I don't know who made it, but it was in Bloomberg. They were saying the proof of stake chains were outperforming proof of work chains. I don't know. I think everything is ready to be completely turned on its head uh, as far as altcoins like basically existing there's just they just have no chance they're just dead on the water dead on arrival uh, sorry alternative layer one chains not yeah not yeah productive DeFi coins or productive like because ethereum is doing well because other coins other projects with coins live on top so like those those work in tandem yes i'm just saying like in general there's always a choice to be made where people put their money and if they want low volatility plays that get yield, they're not going to do it on a proof of stake chain. They're going to do it through DeFi, right? Yeah. Kuzi in the chat says AVAX, Solana, and Polkadot. I agree. Those are the ones with the most like hype. Atom and Algo, maybe on top of that. But all of these run massive risk of empty cathedral syndrome where they build a fancy thing meant to scale on layer one and then it doesn't matter because everybody just uses Ethereum. Um, that said, you have a Bitcoin chart on, on the screen and we have for a while, uh, this is ETH. What do you mean? Well, that's ETH. I can't see it. Uh, you get that LASIK. Well, it's, I'm looking at it on the stream version. So it's like far too small. Now I'm looking at it on your thing. Yeah. So, uh, what are your thoughts on Ethereum? I mean, it looks crazy strong. It looks like you're showing it as just clearing a 50% retrace top to bottom. Yeah, the perpetual worry is too much too soon. And uh, like, okay, so you're already in on spot or you're in leverage currently. It's like, what do you do? Do you just say it's going to go up forever or do you start to take profit? Do you start to rotate into other stuff that hasn't moved? Um, for me, I do not want to touch this on leverage. Like, this is this going to go to 42 without me on leverage? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. What do you think? 4,200? Yeah. 
like it's only a thousand bucks up from here, but it's just like we're we're up what? This is just probabilities. This isn't necessarily like EIP one five five nine doing anything. It isn't supposed to be doing. But so we're up eighty five percent from the bottom. And I guess my question is, we're going to go up thirty percent before we go down thirty percent, right? Yeah. Like, you you have the point five retrace. Uh, the point six one eight is thirty three fifty eight, which is also the congestion like right where right before it broke down like right before that terrible may 19th candle that's the 0.618 goes right back to that um so i find that an interesting location i think that it looks very strong it looks like dips are for buying but i agree being on leverage here feels unwise (laughs) you know like we're starting to get into that underside of breakdown zone um so I would, I think from here you need consolidation. Like we had days of consolidation, but it needs more than that. It, it, you know, like it needs proper consolidation. I think you could make the case for trades in this zone, but you have to have tight stops. Otherwise, I've just I've just been pretty comfy in spot personally. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just lazy. Like I don't feel a need to trade any of this stuff on margin. I haven't traded on margin in a while. Well, unless I'm trading on FTX, I can't anyway as a U.S. person. But yeah, it's like it's going up enough without leverage. Why do you need to like add on to that? I don't know. So that's what makes me nervous about ETH and BTC. But I think ultimately, potentially Q4, this thing could go 6K plus for for ETH. BTC could go to six figures in Q4. Um we survived the bottom, right? Like, let's go. 6K is now a 1.618 retrace. Do you remember my January 1st uh, predictions for Bitcoin and Ethereum? I remember you owe me a stake. I don't remember the, the prediction. <laughs> I do owe you a stake. We'll, and we're, we'll make it do. But my January 1 predictions were ETH peaks at 6K for the year and Bitcoin peaks at 64K. Uh, or six, 64 or 66 I can't I think I said 66 so if uh, Bitcoin fails to make new highs but ETH does and goes and hits it so it's actually a 1.618 it's a clean little retrace or a clean little extension uh, then my prediction would become completely true which would be like crazy I could imagine that happening you know ETH hitting 0.1 on the BTC pair and that being the, the close to the top uh, Mr. Vixie, M. Vixie in the chat, or maybe you're a decimal year thing. Um, I, you can't believe the stake hasn't been paid yet. I have not visited Josh's state. I don't know if you noticed, but this is a remote call. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't met a person. The point yeah, is we're good. having dinner we'll figure, together. We'll figure it out eventually. Um, yeah, I just kind of don't know what else to say about BT series. Right, like you can't be bearish because we flipped all of the MAs, we flipped all of the trend metrics. There's not a single thing I can point to that's bearish anymore on TA. Um, it's just I'd much rather get in on a in a leverage position at a lower level than this, or with consolidation. Yeah. yeah. So it's been fascinating because we cleared. Um, the local high from June 14th, our kind of first dead cat looking bounce. 
and then we went under it. So like we kind of ruined people top side and bottom side of that and then just turboed right up above the 200 day consolidated. And now it looks like we're breaking cleanly above the 200 day. If you're going to buy a retrace and keep and use the 200 day as your barometer for the simple moving averages, you could buy 45 ish low 45s. Um, and from here, I don't know, man, like it looks, it, it's just, I don't know. Comfy and comfy and spot. It's that's, this is very difficult to trade. Um, the, the degree to which this was a trap, this like fake breakdown is extreme. I mean, we are 63% off the lows July 20th. So we basically had that one guy buy a bunch of calls on a Friday. Yeah. Who's still doing that by the way. He did it today. He's done it three he's done it three times and it's worked every time. Uh so good for them. Thank you, whoever you are. Sixty sixty plus percent on a daily closing basis in less than a month. And I mean I've kept calling this a sideway uh uh sidelines trap. So it's just like totally screwing over anyone who doesn't aggressively buy the retrace. And it's just, I cannot imagine how bad I'd be coping if I was in cash, <laughs> you know, and you're like, I'll buy the retrace. I'll buy the retrace. I'll buy the retrace. And suddenly it's like your all time highs. Um, funding has been totally chill constantly. Yeah, it's been calm, tame. Yeah. There's not, um, there's no derivative euphoria. There's NFT driven euphoria, but we're not certain that that is bearish for ETH because what happens is as people capitulate on their NFTs, is they buy ETH. Well, the weird part is we're doing all this. It's like that, uh, how the Grinch stole Christmas gift. We did it without packages, boxes, or bags. We're still singing yahoo forest or whatever it is um in the town square where we lost china we lost leverage everywhere we lost every country on binance right the, the, the dominoes keep falling for binance so where's it all coming from you know like we're just is this all just institutional money coming in where who is it it's not leverage right we already said funding's fine um borrow volume on DeFi is at an all-time high so that's part of it but it's uh, it's kind of nuts. It's glorious, is what it is. <laughs> I'm I'm happy we are not at 20k. Certainly, I mean, we could have easily been at 20k right now. Oh, 100 percent. Like extremely. This is why this is always a game of uh, trying to play the outcomes right, and then you respond to them, and you have to you have to abide by your systems. Like Josh, you remember we talked both of us agreed that like 33.5 to 34 was kind of like the, well, you just got to buy and pray you don't get nuked off of that. Mm -hmm. And like, there was no time, no time to buy if you just didn't pull the trigger. Right. Like if you were trying to buy a localized dip, you didn't get it. Um, just, yeah, you had to stick to your guns there and say, yeah, okay, let's go. Yeah. it (laughs) It told me the short term flipped and therefore I shall, um, so what I want to ask you instead of just navel gazing what's been is where, if we get a dip, where are you buying it? Um, or where would you, if you were in cash, let's do a thought process for the, for the teams at home. If you're in cash, where do you buy? My first level personally is now 45 
couple thousand dollars down from where we are right now. The next one, which is a lot dicier, would be like 42. Um, below 42, I get quite nervous because you start, you know, you start breaking prior high type stuff levels, and that makes me a little more nervous. So, what do you think? I mean, I like buying all the way down to 37 personally. Oof. Yeah, I guess if you're not in you, and you desperately want to be in, if you think the dip is relatively over, then maybe maybe you can't go that low. But being in, I I don't like the idea of 37. <laughs> I don't want to hold coins from here to 37. Well, exactly. Um, of course, of course you don't. Um, which is I talked about this in the video. It's like your stop loss is probably around 37. That's where I feel most comfortable getting in. I don't know. The cloud in the 12 hour is telling you 38 as far as the, the key June is concerned. I don't know. It's difficult when anything goes up this quickly, it forces you to make a decision you don't want to make all, all the time. You know? Yeah. Z German. We just talked about this. You said you were perma bear at 30 K funny how much can change in a few days. We were not perma bear. We were, this looks like it's going to break down and it did. It faked out. It can't back up, and therefore you change your bias. You have to be a quick responder in this ecosystem. I went to cash uh, and back again. I stayed liquid throughout this move down, lowered my price several times, and was lucky enough to capture. I've captured the vast majority of this move. Um, you have to have been flexible there because it could have gone easily, like we just said. It could have gone to twenty k, twenty four, something like that. Nothing was stopping it from doing what it did to the upside, to the downside. And as Josh mentioned, I truly think a small number of players made this happen so far. So you got to be flexible, man. Yeah, and you can't... Anybody who trades this like seriously in a big way, like Light or whoever else was, was bearish when whatever was happening, it's like... That was what the chart was telling you to be. I mean, yeah, we were down 60% or whatever from the top, but uh, I don't know. You know, I said that in the video too. I wouldn't have changed any of the analysis I did a month ago because it, it, I, that's exactly how I would read it today. Same thing. We just happened to reverse as quickly as we did. And yeah, you have to hold strong positions loosely, right? Or strong convictions loosely, whatever that saying is. <laughs> yeah. And like the daily cloud isn't even bullish yet. We are so far above the daily key June. It's this is going to take some time for these averages to catch up, which makes me uncomfortable still being long up here. Even in spot, I get sort of uncomfortable when stuff looks like this, you know, because this is not normal. This is extremely rare to see the strength that we've seen. And everybody can say, yeah, I knew this was going to happen, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but no, this is not normal at all. Look at the East two day chart. Look at, a lot of these alts that are just moving 20% every day. Not normal. Not normal. But fun. fun. Yeah, it's fun great. if you're in. I'm happy. I don't want to sound like I'm like in a bad mood because it's going up. I love it, but uh, it's definitely not normal. What else are you looking at? Bitcoin? Uh, the DeFi stuff. So I've been saying this on the weekly open for a little while, but. Um, rotating out of higher caps out of nfts into cash or stuff that hasn't moved yet is just like the logical thing to do you know and DeFi, some of this stuff hasn't moved yet um the comp specifically has been 
a laggard despite it looking super strong relative to everything else. But on the index, we're just getting this bullish recross and it's back into the previous range. This could very easily have another leg. It's closing, uh, much, it's closing above the simple moving average on that DeFi perp as well. Yeah, much like um, BTC and ETH, you know? The bottom is in, we, we measure the, the high to low and that's there's your target, boom. What I've found interesting is that stuff is not moving um, fully together, which is bullish in my mind. Like if yeah, it was all just floating together, it's just, it's sans fundamentals, but we're seeing, uh, we're seeing stuff really specifically move like things that were down a lot, deserved more, uh, mean reversion, things that need consolidation that outperformed for a while are doing that, which I think that's by the way, like kind of where confidence fits in. Like it was up, over 100% off the bottom. And I do think it's just consolidating above its 200, where a lot of stuff is still mean reverting to its 200. Like I look at Curve, I talked about this move on this show and Weekly Open, like it's getting close to its target, but on the underside of the 200. Curve has a fundamental event coming up where their emissions are going way down. So that's like part of that as well. Uh, You look at Sushi, it's been pretty quiet today. It too is on the underside of its 200. Um, SNX still quite a ways to go until it gets there. Um, so we've seen things generally have similar trajectories, but like have very different looks about them. Uh, Wi-Fi still quite a laggard, but looks like it could have a, a proper breakout. And most of these on the ETH pairs, like you look at Wi-Fi as an example, been bleeding like crazy and just now showing some signs of life relative to Ethereum. Um, and I think that to me, that's indicative that if these, you know, break above those, uh, moving averages really break above those ranges relative to Ethereum, they could stop being, you know, non-differentiated and they could outperform Ethereum for a while. Um, and that would be, I mean, on the dollar pairs, that would be huge moves. So. That's essential. That's personally where most of my exposure is. Yeah, if you look at any alt ETH chart right now, they all have multi-week bull dips. So, if I'm going to be buying anything or rotating into anything, I want a multi-week bull dip. I want a falling wedge. I want capitulative volume profile, whatever. Um, I want ETH USD at a relative like euphoria peak high mania, which it feels like it's it's getting there from the bottom anyway. Um, this is comp. I, I don't know. I still think it looks good. It you've looks got good. head and shoulders. You've got cup and handle, right? Like, yeah. Comp's my largest position of all positions. Like I have more comp than ETH, you know, like I've got, you just got to hope, <laughs> you just got to hope this whole thing isn't some diamond top. Uh, yeah, no, I've been looking at that. It looks, <laughs> it looks, it looks good to me. Like everything that I look at tells me this is where you buy and you just be patient, wait for it to do its thing. But when it does this for like a week straight, it's it can be crushing. I've been adding to my position as it's consolidated, so it ha- it wasn't my largest position, but it is now. And like I already said, borrow volume all time high. A lot of this is underlying asset appreciation, but that is incredibly bullish. Uh, it also says be careful because if this gets cold like it did on the 18th of May, um, you know that's going to hurt, right? But this is healthy as far as people leveraging up again. 
Uh, and I think I did I say this already? Ave ran out of USDT today. Yeah, I said that. That's kind of scary. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, the old Bitfinex days, and we used to look at the BFX data, and you'd see you know Tether um, funding spike. Look at this. The, these ETH relative charts also trade in these in more range formats than they do like very clear channels, which makes sense because both of them are growth assets. But like as strong as Curve looks recently, you look at uh, relative to Ethereum, it looks like it's just now starting to do anything. So pretty much all year, there's been these massive trade ranges that you could have played something like Curve on uh, if your goal is stacking Ethereum. So I think people really need to pay more attention to the ETH-related charts if they weren't already. Uh, because Ethereum's been so strongly performing that you know you could end up thinking you're doing well in something, but in fact you're just kind of round-tripping relative to ETH. You know? That's why I asked that poll on Twitter. What do we call um, the SAT equivalent for ETH? And then Guay or Guay. Guay, Guay. That's not quite what I'm talking about. I didn't specify clear enough, but I mean specifically for the alt ETH pairs. Um, we need some agreed upon term for that. Everybody's saying Guay, Guay, whatever, but um, it's not 10 to the 8th, right? It's like 10 to the 9th. Yeah, I don't know. Negative 9th. Anyway, we need some term for that. So make it happen. I just call them the DeFi ratios or something. ETH ratios, no difference. It's the smallest TC pairs. The smallest unit is like negative nine, right? Yeah, it's bigger. Whatever. It's bigger than whatever the BTC one is. Anyway, yeah, I agree one hundred percent. You need to be looking at the ETH relative charts if you are looking to rotate out of ETH or holding DeFi at all. Definitely agree with you there. Because this stuff looks like, like sushi looks like it's getting close to that 14 target. Uh, you had talked about 12 a couple of weeks ago, I think. Um, 14 is the cloud level, which is just, again, some 50% from high to low. But, um, you know, this looks like it's getting to the end on the USD chart, but on the ETH chart, it's probably it has a ways to go yet, if I had to guess. Yeah, I mean, this is just, this isn't even turn the corner yet against ETH. Which one is that versus ETH? This is Sushi ETH. Sushi, yeah. Yeah. But it's at resistance on uh, the dollar pair. <laughs> in the video, in a picture-in-picture, it looks like I'm looking at the chart. <laughs> looking, uh, I have a monitor with your, your screen on it above my main monitor. <laughs> but it looks, it looks hilarious on the chart. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I like rotating out of ETH and into the stuff like this, at least partially, right? You don't have to take full profit again, not investment advice, but um, yeah, I think that's a smart thing to do. Josh, you're not, you're not going to want to hear it, but this open, open C volume. Well, that's what I was trying to pull up on the block. Yeah, Thank you. Here's the, this is the, some version of it on Dune. Um, wow. <laughs> like, well, it is going down. So that's another be careful signal for NFTs. Yeah. But, I mean, it peaked around 77 million, yeah, 77 million on a daily basis. So it's still at 
43 million today so far uh, 57 million on a closing basis yesterday monthly basis just blows everything out of the water this is a uh, two plus billion annual type of rate is that right 77 sure million. it's huge it's is huge. there a way to see like ETH through OpenSea at all outside of volume uh, is there some smart contract that holds the ETH in some way no no that's non-custodial um, just trying to think of another way to to view that volume you could view um, you could view like stuff on offers um another could be to see how much ethereum is open sea burning or is being being burned due to uh you know um due to people transacting on open sea and the answer is since 1559 went into effect open sea is responsible for 5000 eth burning which is um, maybe what? Almost twice, maybe eighty percent more than Uniswap V two, um, and more than double Axie Infinity. Um, yeah, it looks like it's basically more than all Dexes combined. Do we know if they've implemented one five five nine at all? Um, you know, I saw a couple of one five five nine style MetaMask transactions today in my own wallet. So I don't remember if it was OpenSea or not, but more app, more DApps are supporting that format. So that's a, that's a dirty little secret. Only twenty percent of transactions on the network are actually carrying through with the one five five nine format or whatever implementation. Yeah. Okay. Um, so everybody's overpaying. That's what I'm trying to say. Go ahead. Right. Uh, and for the people at home, we're at about forty thousand ETH. From 1559 cumulative, which is a lot. Um, good question from Frenzen. So if I'm all cash, is it better to wait for a retrace in majors or buy DeFi right now? Um, I, this is not financial advice. This is how would we play it? If I was playing it, I would be looking for good dollar setups in DeFi with the caution that we could back uh back tra- back back trace <laughs> retrace on ethan btc which would be bigger moves on DeFi. but if we keep going up even if it's like grinding up floating up something like that your gain potential is higher in DeFi right now than it is in eth in my opinion at least in the near term right so when we're think- talking we're talking about which pairs look like they're a little laggy like maybe comp in my mind, if I'm looking at U.S. dollar pairs in a vacuum, I want to be in this, right? This looks like it has breakout potential to 700, which is my whole reason I am in it. <laughs> um, so I'd be willing to hold that in dollars because I think it has the chance to outperform Ethereum. But if Ethereum goes down, this can go down too. And if this goes below 430, something like that, it would not be good. But that's about 10%. A ten percent move down from here, so you could lose ten percent trying to make that trade, but you could gain thirty or forty percent, which is going to be thirty or forty percent on Ethereum. What's that, Josh? Uh, that would be all time highs. It's going to say down or up. So it doesn't require all time highs on DeFi to get the same move. That, uh, yeah. Whereas on on ETH itself, if it goes all time highs, people are going to be losing their mind. So. 
yeah, there's always an opportunity cost, right? As far as rotating out of ETH, if it keeps going or whatever. But at some point, the percentages make sense, right? For your risk reward, your yields, whatever, blah, 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 you know? This is that's why all this is super personal, depending on what everyone else is doing. Another one I like is ZRX that hasn't moved up yet. So the, here's my list. These are the things to watch: Comp, ZRX, SNX, and Melon. MLN is another good one. Oh, we we can pull up that chart. But um, the reason I like ZRX is because its cloud level is fifty cents higher than where it is now. That's a pretty significant move. Yeah, looks good. and SNX hasn't hasn't a adam and eve ish thing and that even hasn't even gotten to its level at 16 yet 1650 let's say so i like that one and then uh, melon's a bit of a strange chart smaller cap uh, let me pull up a chart that actually makes sense it has this like ascending triangle inverted head and shoulder i don't even know what to call this nonsense but uh, it looks like it well it's highs hasn't quite moved up yet those are the ones I like. We talked about comp already. Comp looks phenomenal still. Four highs. But yeah, everything else in DeFi kind of has moved up a little bit up already and has less upside relative to these four in my mind. Here's a pair that I used to track a good bit and haven't looked at in a while. Synthetics relative to Ave. And this used to be a really nice trade. Um, like even, you know, before October 2020. Uh, and it was this big range. And then basically at the end of January this year, so as DeFi season was kind of ending, Ave has relatively outperformed synthetics massively. Um, but it looks like that could be the type of thing where there's a catch-up trade on a relative basis, you know. So if I was in Ave, which has performed really, really well, it might be the type of thing where you seek rotation like but look at this Ave USD like that's so much stronger like it's above it's 200 it's above the congestion range and and synthetics is like under the 200 under the congestion range there's a 40 percent move to get to the relative basis where Ave is for synthetics so when you're looking at those relative trades that's the type of thing you can look at and it's worth mentioning on DeFi, like we talked about last week, there's a perpetual regulatory concern. So keep that in mind. This this free money non-KYC AML show isn't gonna last forever. I think in every in every country around the world, you know, it'll it'll change in varying places. But part of me wonders if that's what's causing some of the laggardness in some of these. Like synthetics is definitely a higher regulatory risk because it's literal synthetic assets. Uh, well, you need delisted. If you look at that list of things, you need delisted. Sixty-five things were yeah SNX derivatives, <laughs> and then so, that's, that's the other one, like Uni Comp ZRX. That's kind of like American DeFi, you know. Um, and I wonder if that's the other component of that. If people are a little more hesitant with the uh, American-based DeFi stuff, I don't know. Just a random. And uh, it's also worth mentioning, get your crap off Binance. You know, I, I can't beat that drum hard enough. Um, this is the FTT chart, but today Binance delisted South Korean won pairs. Okay. So eventually it's going to be in a neighborhood near you. Um, money's not going to get hacked. Money's not going to get stolen, but I would just take it off all you can. Here's the FTT has had a phenomenal 
move off the bottom. Uh, here's another one that has a enormous laggard style trade, but I don't know what to make of it. Is balancer like it has a huge move to its 200 day moving average, huge move to its all time highs. Like it's still a triple away from its all time highs. Most most DeFi coins have done better than that, right? Uh, yeah. But what's interesting is from a fundamental perspective, I don't know if balancer is like this may be justified. You know what I mean? Like some of these are getting more usage than others, right? The reason Ave has done so well is because people love Ave. They use Ave. Um, sushi earns a lot for its token holders. You know, there's a lot of these types of things to consider. Um, so anyway, yeah, if we look at the PE, please check FTT this moment. If we look at the PE ratios for stuff, sushi's perpetually at the bottom currently along with, uh, comp and Ave. If we look at volumes, it's uni sushi one inch. Those are usually the top three. If we look at lending and borrowing, Ave and Comp are winning out over Maker right now. Um, and I think, yeah, a lot of that stuff is just people just looking at those numbers, saying, "Okay, this makes sense." You know, people love like, like you said, people love Ave, people love Comp, and it's easier to to get loans on those platforms compared to uh, Maker, in my opinion, just based on the UX. And it's just a core DeFi experience, like lending and borrowing. Yeah, absolute core experience. Um, have there been stablecoin mints, Josh? Do you know? Like, is there new Tether hitting the market? New USDC hitting the market? Uh, I can check, but since China left, there hasn't been much Tether stuff. But let's check. I have FTT in this watch list. My watch list is obviously too long because I can't see anything. The only place I can get FTT is Matcha, basically, as a U.S. citizen, right? Yeah, yeah, you mean to buy it, which is fine. But I'm talking about um, just looking at it in this, <laughs> this giant watch list I have. That's why I forget about it, because unless I can get it where I have money, like, you know, it takes effort to actually pull yeah. the trigger. And you have less of the size of your portfolio on chain than I do. Like, if Correct. it's on chain, I can buy it, no problem. I just don't... I exchange tokens have done really well. They're just not where I'm comfortable. Like I like the idea of the open protocols better than exchange tokens from a investable perspective. I don't know why. That makes sense. I think unless you're like an FTT user or a BNB user, you're probably not paying too, too much attention. Yeah. They use it to get like a lot uh, large fee reductions and stuff like yeah. that, which I get, yeah, got, I get that. It's got utility for sure. Uh, I'm trying to pull up the issuance metric for tether. Uh, I was going to point, did we talk about badger last week? Um, I actually sold my badger close to the top. I was pretty proud of myself, but it's retraced most of that today. It's up 18%. Um, the reason I bring it up though is because some of these mid caps and stuff have performed like massively. It bottomed around seven dollars, maybe below seven dollars, and it's four x off the bottom. Um, we're seeing more of that from some of these mid cap things, uh, but some are lagging. Like Keep is one of those ones that dumped forever off 
uh, Coinbase from its listing, but it, it bottomed around 23 cents and is at 40 cents. But this looks a little fresher in its breakout. So there's like, these are not, all these charts are not the same. And it's worth considering. Which yeah, I would encourage people to do a scan once a week. Doesn't have to take a lot of time. You can even set up a screener for it and just set whatever metrics you're trying to pay attention to and go from there. Cause it's just, it's too easy to rotate out of stuff that's already moved and into stuff that isn't, you know, you kind of don't have an excuse for not trading it, you know, smartly a little bit. Um, if we look at the issuance for tether, we did get a print on Tron, which may have been like not a non-print. I don't know, but there really hasn't been any continuous tether printing since uh, China left. USDC on the other hand, just continues to print in the purple there. Every day, it's around 200 million plus. Just crazy. Yeah. That's got to be mostly money coming in, right? I would think. And I think it's going more towards yield side of things and less towards like specking on volatility. But that could be changing as this stuff is popping off. Well, that's how some people get exposure, especially big funds that like they want exposure to an emerging DeFi protocol. So they'll go put stable coins on it and, and farm it. You know, they don't have to buy the coin outright, and then their their risk is low, other than the the smart contract risk. But they're able to essentially farm their bag with a whole bunch of stables, and a lot of them have a whole bunch of stables, so they can do that. And then they can get the upside of these emerging protocols without actually having to buy them. Yeah, which is another reason to bring it full circle. Why would you do anything proof of stake related when you can just get yield on stable coins? <laughs> you know, you, you, you're not going to. If you're somebody with capital, why would you risk that? The, the people with capital love these risk-free trades like that. You know, they loved the GBTC ET um, stuff, right? They loved uh, anything that's yield generating that's low risk. And, so people will flock to that, which is why USDC is printing what they're printing, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, somebody, I got a funny chart for this. It's making fun of myself a little bit, but also just to show like how much of a fake out things can be sometimes. They said there's strong volume coming in on ICP. I drew a chart on ICP about it making lows and looking like it was going back to the investor break even at $4. <laughs> and that was the bottom. Made that low. It was a ridiculous double bottom. Uh, but I thought I'd show my chart on it where I was scribbling just for fun. This is the type where I still have zero interest. This is Definity or Internet Computer Protocol, <laughs> whatever. I don't care. I don't care if it's off double off the bottom. I don't care anything. The fully diluted value is insane. The product is not used. It's just some... You're just buying some big investors bags it's not worth it not interested i feel the same about ada ada is effectively back to its all-time high ish at 205 um but i'm really not going to touch this thing uh it's just not for me the fundamentals just aren't there at the very least you need to be somewhat convinced on fundamentals of this stuff yeah we've said this many times but I generally like to be able to screen 
choose what you're going to trade based on fundamentals and then choose when you're going to trade them based on technicals. And I will never get on board with an ICP type of asset. It's the same reason I haven't traded Tezos in forever. There was a time where I was like, thought Tezos had a real chance and that time has passed. Um, and if I don't think someone something can succeed from a fundamental perspective, then I don't even care about the technicals. Uh, there was other interesting news today, Josh, which was uh, Polygon, a.k.a. the Matic token, bought another network. <laughs> did you see this? No, I did not. There is a, to- there's a token. Who did they buy? A token merger. I'll let the ch- chat tell us the name of it. It's something I'd like never even heard of. But... Matic is a side chain, not a proper layer two. So the token or the project that they bought and are merging the token in with is uh, an actual layer two. So it's kind of like they're hiring the engineering talent and the technology, but it's a layer two that basically didn't catch a lot of uh, of its own attention. Um, but it's it, it's their attempt to essentially switch to ZK rollup. Uh, layer two, like be a proper layer two, which is actually, I think, an incredibly genius move by them. I'm not hating on it at all. So they got a lot of people over because of being a side chain and being really easy, being really compatible. And now they hired the engineering talent and the technology to like actually <laughs> have the security mechanisms of Ethereum. And the name of the protocol was uh, Hermes, H-E-R-M-E-Z, I believe. Thank you, Muse. So, uh, yeah, interesting. I saw the hacker returned the money, apparently. Oh, yeah, right. let's, let's, let's be clear. It wasn't really a hack if the, the code is shitty, right? <laughs> like, it is a hack. It is. It's, uh, they didn't, I, I, don't, I wouldn't even call it an exploit. Uh, you know? Mm, it's still a hack. It wasn't the same as like a flash loan where you manipulated a protocol in the way it's supposed to be manipulated. It's like you purposefully drained it when that was obviously not what, not kosher. But anyway, these are two different topics. I just wanted to say, yeah, well, it's related to Matic, right? That's the same Matic or am I crazy? Uh, No, no, no. That was poly something else. Poly network. It was, I think it was based on the polygon network, but it's not, it wasn't Matic. So you're you're talking about something else completely. I'm too boomer. You're too boomer. I was wondering where you're going with that. Um, no, the Matic network is the sidechain. Uh, poly, the Poly Polygon network uh, is the sidechain with the Matic token. The Poly whatever it was that got hacked, the six hundred million dollar hack, was not related to Matic. So different things. There was also a DAO Maker hack. Not to be confused yeah. with Maker DAO. <laughs> yeah. Just to drive me nuts even more. Can we name? Can we just pick different names for things? Like, why does it have to be so similar? You know. Yeah, BWS noted uh, Poly Network, the one that got hacked. It's a bridge for BSC, Ethereum, and Polygon. So in the same tune as uh, what happened with Thorchain and stuff. So the bridges are having a bad time right now. Um, oh, but the guy that hacked it this is old news by now, but. Um, got like full doxxed by somebody almost immediately and was basically like JK LOL just testing systems and returned the funds trying not to get <laughs> trying not to get sent to jail for eternity. Uh, because they did it from addresses highly attached to fully doxed 
exchange emails or exchange accounts. So very stupid for someone very clever to steal seven hundred six hundred million dollars. Wow, did they screw it up? There's uh, there's a series on Netflix called Heist, and they follow three different heists. And um, one of the thing that the theme that runs through it is like you can do this stuff and think you're going to get away with it, but you're going to be looking over your shoulder your entire life unless you uh, pay the price of the consequences for whatever you did. So you rarely like truly uh, are free or get away with it, you know, because there's always that risk of somebody coming after you, whether it be law enforcement or angry people. <laughs> um, before we leave, I want to talk about legacy real quick, but go ahead. I was going to say there's another new Netflix original that I can't, uh, I can't remember what it's called. Outlanders or Outer Banks. And it's also about like stealing gold or something. But it's funny, like they talk about some amount of money in these TV shows and it's like $10 million. And I'm like, Psh, that doesn't even make the news in crypto. <laughs> it's not a $100 million hack. But it's nothing. Uh, and I haven't watched the show, but it's, it's just funny hearing them talk about like stealing gold, trying to get rid of it. And it's like, the, the dollars in crypto are so absurd that I'm dead to all these amounts. Well, I even saw that 600 million number when the news hit and I didn't even like bat an eye at it. It was just like, okay, like, <laughs> I don't know why it didn't register as like a large amount of money to me, but like, imagine, it, imagine a in-person bank heist in America for 600 million today. It would be wall to wall CNN news for like two weeks. But in, in crypto, it's just like, psh, all right. Just another thing. Don't even probably make any national news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you need if you need to have confirmation of um, slightly nervous making bubble behavior, we are we are still not early in the cycle. When people say we are early, they are lying. <laughs> like the amount of money. I think sloshing, we're fairly early. Sloshing around is high. Well, you and I can make a token and sell it for a dollar, mint 10 billion of them and say it's $10 billion, right? Like that's part of what all this is anyway. Well, you're saying it's not liquid. So it's zombie market caps. I'm just saying it was created out of nowhere and has some volume, but good luck actually selling $600 million with whatever. Yeah. Even though it was ETH and BTC. Anyway, whatever. You wanted to talk about legacy markets, also known as up only markets. Uh, like the queues looked pretty crappy um, two days ago, and they closed the week at all time highs. It's just, it's just what they do. Look at this. Look at the queue. Like, look at that. I had some puts that I capitulated on today because the expiry is too soon. And I thought about rolling them over, but I figured I'd just wait till next week because it's probably going to gap higher on Monday. Um, yeah. Well, you'd think this infrastructure bill would be turbo bull for btc and everything else if it didn't include the crypto stuff um because well, it, it's it, just printing it, more money right it is we're going up anyway <laughs> you know right yeah that's fair um dixie getting a little bit of a beat down i said this week too like dixie needs to not break out and vix needs to not break out because vix looks primed as well um it's like a 15 ish i'll take a look at it today but I mean, 15. all this stuff, all the all the major indexes look extremely overextended and ready for a dip, but that doesn't mean you're going to get it when you expect it. 
yeah, uh, SPX, NDX, it all looks way overbought for, for weeks and weeks and weeks. I mean, SP, SPX or the S&P is just like... It's comical. It, it is. It's com- like, what? What are you supposed to do with that? The one week that was started red ended up being the most bullish candle I've ever seen in my entire life because it got bought up so much on like the latter half of the week. It's just printer go burr. Yeah, it's lunacy. I don't know. It's good for I don't know. Yeah, it's as long as stuff keeps going up, it's fine, but makes me nervous, you know. Um in the chat talking about the Russell, it's the only one that looks mildly dicey. Uh Don Fitz mentioned it. This is the weekly chart and it is pure sideways since mid February. Um is this just a gigantic consolidation before upside, or is this more representative of the real economy? I think that's the question here. And, uh, to be honest, I don't think the real economy is that great. Like, you look at earnings relative to prices, those um, ratios are quite out of control. So all of this is due for a significant uh, pullback or repricing or whatever, but it doesn't mean you'll get it if the money supply is constantly your denominator. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have anything else to say. That's it. Be smart about rotations. Be smart about taking profit. Don't get too greedy. What is it? Bears make money. Bulls make money. Pigs get slaughtered, right? Something like that. Uh, don't you feel cool when you pull out some some legacy thing? You're like, yeah, that's me now. I'm a trader. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Hog, hogs get slaughtered. For the, for the chat, we'll uh, answer the rest of your commodities and other technical questions in the after show. But... We're 53 minutes in. We might as well call it a day. We got nothing else to say. Yeah, I mean, what else do you say? The markets look good. We're just going to hope it continues on for a little bit. Thanks for being here. See you in the after show. We'll answer some more questions. Talk to you later. If you like this show, rate us on iTunes. How about that? Thanks to Sets. Ladersats.com slash Sets. Monuments crumble In the blink of an eye The easy river just run dry In a house of cards I feel the breeze Wound so tight I can barely breathe